Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning Bible study with the Day of Prayer. We are so glad that you could join us as we continue to discuss 2 Samuel. Before we get into the Word, who would like to volunteer to open us up in prayer? I will. Okay, LaCharles. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for your nature, Lord, and your creations, Lord, and that you created us so that way we can be a blessing to those around us, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for these podcasts, Lord, and bringing it to other people so that way they can hear the word of the Lord and continue to grow in you, Lord, and have a deep relationship, Lord. And I just invite your Holy Spirit into our midst, Lord, to teach us your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Um, John couldn't be here with us today. He's got another obligation that he's attending to. So we're going to try to fill in and pretend, <laughs> not pretend, but the Holy Spirit to help us and fill in because John always does such a good job of um, facilitating our Bible studies. But anyway, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 16. This is something that we do as a family, um, Monday through Friday, and coming together in fellowship and worshiping the Lord, but also learning from the Holy Spirit about his word. So if you haven't been with us, um, and the, or this is your first time, go back and listen to the other um, chapters of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, kind of catch up with where we are today. And um, we're glad to have you, so let's go ahead and get into the word. Can I have someone read for me? Verses 1 through 4, please. I will. Okay, promise. When David was a little past the top of the mountain, there was Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth mm-hmm. who met him with a couple of saddle donkeys and on them 200 loaves of bread, 100 cluster of raisins, 100 summer fruits and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, What do you mean to do with these? So Ziba said, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. Then the king said, And where is your master's son? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he's staying in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel restored the kingdom to my, of my father to me. And the king said to Ziba, Here's, Here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you, that I may find favor in your sight, my lord, O king. Hmm. Okay, so what's the Lord ministering to you all about that? Or do you have a question about anything? I had a question. Okay. So David was asking where Mephibosheth went? Yes. Because if you remember, David um, asked Ziba to care for Mephibosheth. is lame in both of his feet, so he can't do certain things, can't care for the land. And David gave Mephibosheth the land that belonged to Saul and his his household. And he asked Ziba to tend it with Ziba's sons and servants. 
to tend and keep it, you know, dress the fields, et cetera, et cetera. So he was asking, he, since Ziba was asked to tend to him and take care of him, where is he? Since that's who he works for, basically. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Lying. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. He, he said, she said, because as we read a little bit later, we'll find out Mephibosheth's perspective on what happened. So what he's, it's good to ask the Holy Spirit to tell us the truth and to help us see when someone's telling the truth or not. But I also kind of have a feeling that there's a little bit of truth to it, to what he's saying. Yes. And did, it, did that mean run off and leave him? <laughs> no. So it may not be all that um, Ziba kind of made it out to be because clearly he's trying to make a place for himself and um, come up in the ranks, maybe stop having to wait on Mephibosheth. But um, did did he actually say, I'm going to get my, my king, the kingdom of my father back? That doesn't sound like a far cry. <laughs> now, did he mean it? You know, and what? capacity that Ziba is saying, maybe not, but I kind of have a feeling that he did say that. Mm. Or he may have said more to it, you know, so. Yes. What else? I guess I, I had a hard time understanding why Mephibosheth would say that when David treated him as a prince and Pretty much everything that his sons got, Mephibosheth, 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 not Mephibosheth. Go ahead, sweetheart. He got also, and he was given the land that belonged to Saul, and even the servants that used to belong to Saul that weren't given to him as a place of being the king, but that was his inheritance in his land designated to him given to him by god so are you're saying that david honored mephibosheth yes already he did however just like absalom had been honored being honored is not the same as being the king right yes I guess. so i i can see your perspective you're saying why wasn't he grateful and appreciative with that but then the other side of it is the human mind goes, well, it's not as good as being in charge. But being in charge comes with great responsibility. It does indeed. But still, um, how many times have you all said, I can't wait till I'm a grown up? Uh-huh. Me. <laughs> no. And now Me I am a grown up. I'm like, it sucks. Okay. And you haven't even stepped in. No, being a grown up is a blessing. It's always a blessing to continue to grow in the Lord, to have an opportunity. Yes. Not to be frozen. And unable to mature because then that means a whole lot of things that are un- unpleasant. However, it's not all that it looks like from a distance. That's true. And mm-hmm. I think I explained that to you before you came to this conclusion on your own. It looks like a certain thing, but also the side of it that you don't see is the work that's involved, the labor, the responsibility that comes with it. Yes. Um, it's easy to look at someone else's life and go, oh, they're just, they've got it made, but you don't know what it costs them to to live. You don't know what it costs them to have whatever it is or do whatever it is that they're doing that you're um, viewing. So 
yes, being honored is beautiful. It's a blessing to be loved, you know, and for someone to take note of you and be kind to you, especially when they have no reason to. Yes. That that's a beautiful thing, and it should be um, met with gratitude and appreciation versus complaints. However, like I said, um, you know, the natural perspective is to go, well, being the king is clearly better, right? So, I mean, you can see where that would come, where he would say something like that, where there's, there's potential, it's plausible that he would say something like that. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. but I still don't get it. I guess it's because I'm the oldest, so I understand a bit differently versus, say, being a younger sibling. What do you mean? Um, like, being the younger, like, they tell me all the time, Kyla, I wish I was the oldest, and then I could boss you around, I could do this <laughs> and that, and then I get the bigger share of everything. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize the work that has to go into it and how much responsibility I have and accountability I have. I could be... If I'm supposed to be babysitting, if I fall asleep and they do something they're not supposed to, it's still my fault. Well, at this point, since they're all now old enough and mature, yeah, when they were younger, but actually you weren't really treated like that. I do hold you responsible to do the things that I told you to do, but I also hold them responsible to not do the things, to do what's on their level of, of responsibility. Yes. So it wasn't like you were just thrown in the corner like Cinderella. Oh, I didn't and, say like <laughs> I'm just saying, but, you know, you weren't mistreated, but the accountability lies with your level of maturity and what you have been entrusted to do. So if I ask you to babysit, don't go to sleep until it's bedtime. That's yes. more so the issue is, did you hold correctly what was entrusted to you? Not whether or not they did something, but did you do your role? Did you perform your duties and obligations to the best of your ability? Well, I can tell you, if you're snoozing in the middle of a job, I can I can imagine a whole lot of folks will go, hey. Yes, but if it's nap time, everybody's supposed to be taking a nap. That's fine. Then ensure that the people that you're overseeing are napping. You okay. see, it's easy to look and go, well, that's not my fault. It's in them there. They're looking at me. But here's what the Lord does. He doesn't require from you what he gave to someone else. He requires from you what he gave to you. And that's yes. how your dad and I raise you. That's how we treat all of you. Why did Layla not comb her hair? <laughs> I, that's none of your business unless I told you to ensure that she does it. And then yes. in that case, I'm coming to you for what I entrusted into your care. Do you see the difference? Yes. Okay. So it's, it's important for us to keep clear perspective. And yes, like you're saying, they, look, they can look at you and go, oh, she's got it made. She gets this, that, and the other. But also, likewise, because you have a higher level of accountability, I do keep that in mind when it comes to um, portions, when it comes to privileges. When you mature to this level that you can handle this amount of responsibility, then you're welcome into the the higher rewards and the higher um, um, proportions as well. So there's no favoritism, but with greater levels of maturity, it also opens other doors of opportunity. Just like um, someone can be the king of a land or heir to a great promise, but as long as they're a child, they're just as a servant. Let me find that scripture. But when they mature and they're able to handle that responsibility, then they are promoted, right, in the way that they yes. in- inherit and get to enjoy that blessing. So. It, it's easy to see from a human perspective. 
And then you, as the older, look down and say, they've got it easy. Oh, yeah, nah. But then you forget when you were in their place how easy things were for you. But me being on the outside, I can go, wait, wait, hold a minute. (laughs) All of you were treated equally. And you're all coming through different phases at different times. And each of you gets what, what is allotted to that phase that you're in when you're in it. So it's easy to look at someone else's life and go, they've got it better or they've got it worse. They've got it made because you don't know. You don't see all the details and the ins and outs. That's why it's good for us to be satisfied with the place that God put us in and to appreciate what God has given us, not compare ourselves among ourselves because it's not wise, but to go, thank you, God, for what you gave me. Thank you, God, for what you want me to do with my life and appreciate it and to walk in the fullness of that versus looking at what someone else has or doesn't have and comparing yourself and judging what you should do based on what anyone else is doing. Judge it based on what God has called you to. Yes. So, okay. Anybody else have anything they want to share? No. No, I think that was it. Okay. Let's see if I can find that scripture. Um, all right, here we go. Okay, this is Galatians 4, verse 1. You guys go ahead and turn there. Okay, Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. So you can see right there, even though we have all this promise where Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise that God gave him in Jesus Christ, when you are a child and immature, you're still under (laughs) governance from other people. So... But when you grow up and you mature, then you get access. Then you can fully stand in that place of being the master, quote-unquote master, if you will, even though it already belongs to you. So it's right there in the Bible. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Let's continue reading from verse 5 through 14. Kyla, Isla, can you read that for me? I can. Thank you, sweetheart. Now when King David came to Baharim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out cursing continuously as he came, and he threw stones at David and all the servants of King David, and all the people and the mighty men who were on his right hand and on his left. So Shimei, wait, also Shimei said (laughs) thus when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. 
and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil, because you are a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, son, you, sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. And maybe that the Lord will look upon will look on my affliction. I'm sorry. That's okay, sweetheart. And that the Lord will pay me with good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went along the road, Shammai also went along the hillside top, the hillside opposite him and cursing as he went. Throwing went through stones at him and kicked up dust. Now the king and all the people who were with him became weary, so they refreshed themselves there. Okay. Thank you, Kyla Ilo. Very good. Does anybody got something that the Lord is bringing to their um, awareness or that the Holy Spirit's ministering to you? Um, this entire like passage mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of what was happening with Job and his friends, except okay. they didn't. David didn't receive counsel from Shammai, but how they were telling and saying negative things to Job and saying it's because you did this and because you were wicked. The Lord obviously found some wickedness in you that this affliction has come upon you. And I also find it interesting how David's cousins, Joab and Abishai, they were always with David and they were always there to protect him in every given instance. They were always there. They had his back, but why he suddenly shooed him away in this setting when they were just being who they were. You see, this trait, they were always talking about taking down David's enemies for him. Mm-hmm. And you have no obstacles. We will make the path clear for you. Mm-hmm. Pull everybody down if we have to. Okay. So like, it was just a little interesting to see why in this sort, this passage, David told them to step aside, told Abishai to step aside, and what does it have to do with you? Like, it's none of your business. Hmm. So you think David was responding harshly to them? No. I think given his, comparing his response to his early responses in the other chapters, it's a mm-hmm. bit harsh, mm-hmm. but it's more in line of who he used to be prior to Bathsheba. So this response is more in line with who David was beforehand? Yes. Yes. Okay. He doesn't seem as mopey and gloomy and downtrodden as he used to be. He okay. He sounds like he's being restored to his former self. Okay, like he's rising up on the inside and yes. starting to get some courage again. Okay. What do you think, Layla? Well, I mean, it, it does sound harsh the way he answered him. I would know because... um. <laughs> I talk harshly to my siblings on occasion. That's something I'm working on, not something I should do either. But right. It, his response is pretty harsh. Like, Sounds a little bit rough. Yes, there is, 
there were multiple other ways he could have told them, no, I don't want to do that, like he did in the cave. He said he was kind when he said it. He wasn't like, what do I, what do I have to do with you two sons of Zariah, like, like he did just now. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of sound like he is returning to his normal self. It's a bit edgy, though. <laughs> okay, it's, a, it's an edgy walk back to the the um, the green pasture. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where the Lord led him in Psalm twenty three, um, beside the yes. still water. <laughs> so, okay, um, that's fair enough. It does sound like David is he's finding his way back, and yes, he already repented, but coming back to his. Um, level ground, like his place on the inside of him where he feels like he can stand and be who he is as a righteous man of God, as a man of God, right? Yes. Um, yes. So here's a here's a perspective. Yes, you're right. These Abishai and Joab have been who they are through 40 years thick and thin. or more. <laughs> they have been thick and thin. However, at what point do they mature to perceive the things of God? At what point do they mature and perceive the things of God to be in the moment that's appropriate for them to be in? So it's like if you go, you know, someone's having a, a funeral procession, a repast, right? And everyone's mourning. And, um, you know, they've got their little, their black outfits on, they got little covers over their head, and everybody's... Um, not speaking very much, but they're crying and they're, they're some kind of somber going through. And then you show up with your bright red or white outfit with your boombox on your shoulder and start kicking over tables and yelling really loudly. Do you think that's an appropriate no. action for what's going on? No. And that's just a natural standpoint. That has, that's not even encountering and accounting for the Holy Spirit, what he's doing in the environment. Is it appropriate to come in and just go, well, this is who I am, take it? No. No. Why? Because that offends other people, and the Lord said not to cause offense to your brothers, to love your neighbors as yourself. If at all possible, avoid offending others. If at all possible. Now, sometimes just your presence, because you are a believer, is offensive. You can't help that. But even to the food we eat, God said, let us not do that to one another. If it causes your brother to be offended or causes them to stumble, don't eat that food. Because we have the ability, we have the power and the strength to lay down our life for our friends, which doesn't necessarily always mean die for them, but it means that internal self-control and self-restraint of controlling yourself so that you don't bring harm to someone else. Yes, all things are for me. Right? I, I can do all things. Yes. I, I have liberty. Yes, I can. But does that mean I need to apply that right there in this situation? No. no. Okay. So I think more so what David is going is like, come on, guys. There's a time and a place for everything. When will you see it? These men are, are well over 40, which in most Jew- Jewish culture, 40 was the time that they could leave their their house and you know they're able to marry and things of that nature they have a certain level of maturity it's not when they're mitzvahed at age 12 but this is when they're actually considered a man man the mitzvah is when they're considered accountable to the law um a bar mitzvah is what they call it but 
Um, yes. These men, and they've been around David long enough. Can't you see? Don't you know him by now? If you just knew him as a human, right? Not even accounting for the Holy Spirit. But the wise young man or young woman, the wise man and woman of God will perceive what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in the, mo the moment and be present with him versus trying to steer it in your direction that you think it should go. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yes, and in their heart, I think they were just looking out for David and they were probably tired of hearing this, this man talking and they wanted them, this man to respect David as the king. He is still the king just because they're running right now doesn't change anything. Been there before, done that, and God will restore. You know, they knew all these things. And the continuation of that confidence in the Lord is being the moment that he's in. Have the moment that the Lord is having when the Lord is having it. Not try to make the moment what you want or about you or any of those other things. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, he was a little bit rough with them here. And when even if you feel like you are in, a, in like David's position and someone's coming in and are being loud when it's an inappropriate time or they're, they're asking for actions or trying to stir up actions that are inappropriate, can you bring them back to right thinking in love? Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. So um, as much as depends on you, be at peace with all men, right? Yes. yes. Find that scripture. Uh, okay, that's Romans 12, verse 18. Oh, let's go up to verse 17. We'll start there. Romans 12, verse 17. Amen. All right, go ahead and read that for me, Lou Charles. And it says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Amen. Go ahead and read, um, read on down to verse 21 for me, dear. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. If, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil. Also. Amen. Overcome evil with good. So David, in correcting his, his friends and letting them know his his brothers, if you will, they've been with him through thick and thin, his cousins, brothers, you know, they've clearly yes. have spent a lot of time together and they feel very comfortable with each other. Um, instead of, you know, Calling him. Yeah, growling at him and bonking him on the head, you know, restore such a one in love because that's, that's our first defense, right? Yes. Yes. Kindness, love, the... The love of God and the fruit of the Spirit is our first defense, our first reaction. It should be our first weapon that we go to. Um, let's see. This is Philippians 4, verse 4 and 5. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So he didn't say go around punching them 
giving them noogies, you know, putting them in a headlock, <laughs> pulling their hair. And I understand, like, there's parts of our personality gifts that the Lord has blessed each one of us with. That's for some, it's more natural to be gruff and abrasive. And other people may be naturally a little bit more reserved. But there is no law against love. Yes. So if you notice that your personality is a little bit more aggressive up front, curb that with the love of God so that you're able to be effective in all things that God sends you to, right? And you don't create offense. You know, when you when you go to restore someone and you're you're trying to get them to see Jesus, does it shouldn't they come out of that situation better than what they went in? Yes. Yes. Not I saved your life, you know, I turned you back to Jesus, but I pulled your hair out of your scalp in the process and tore your arms off when I could have just said <laughs> and brought your whole body in. It's still possible. Yes. Yes, the Lord tells us to pluck out our own eye if it causes us offense. It's better for us to enter the kingdom maimed with one eye than it is to throw a whole body into hell. But that's you plucking your own eye out if you need not to. That's not me plucking your eye out for you. <laughs> <laughs> My job is to preserve you and keep you if it all depends on me and guide you back to the Lord with love and kindness and gentleness. Now, if the Holy Spirit says speak with fire, by all means, do what he wants you to do, how he asks you to do it, because then there is perfection in that. It's complete and entire, lacking nothing, which is what the Lord wants. But if he doesn't give an indicator, love has been already predestined and laid out before us to walk in it. Okay? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anybody else said anything they wanted to say? like how he said in verse 12 it says it may be that the lord will look on my affliction and that the lord will pay me with good for his cursing this day mm -hmm. and you kind of see like david's confidence in the lord mm -hmm. right there and he mentioned something similar in the psalms but also the that's also kind of what reminds me of job that job was afflicted in brought what naturally we would see and say he was brought and made low, mm -hmm. but the Lord restored him twofold mm -hmm. and gave him double of everything he had before. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see that's what David's asking of the Lord right there and saying that the Lord will do because mm -hmm. he's faithful. Mm -hmm. God is faithful. That is true. So, yeah, he's, he's kind of coming the familiarity of the territory of being on the run, being um, hunted. being hunted, but also being blamed for things he didn't do, especially concerning Saul, um, especially when he knows he handled that situation. I mean, you couldn't ask for more naturally. Exactly. He didn't, he didn't raise his hand against Saul. Even after the multiple opportunities, he kept a good attitude. He loved him he and he kept it. his promise to, Saul and Jonathan. That too, and he didn't hunt down the rest of his relatives. He didn't do any of the things that the man accused him of. So while he was guilty of something at one point concerning Bathsheba, which is why the incident had an opportunity to come about in his life, he wasn't guilty of mishandling Saul's family. So that was like, oh, yeah, ooh, hallelujah. You know, when you're falsely accused, when you're accused of wrongness, you can have confidence towards the Lord when you're falsely accused and you're persecuted because 
of a false accusation or because you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, you can have confidence that your Lord will vindicate you. You can have confidence that he will arise and deliver you and he will, he's always willing to help us, but um, persecuted. when we are persecuted for his sake, he has an answer for that of protection, deliverance, safekeeping, provision for us through that process. And then he raises us up and he wants to bless us with even more than what we have now. Um, so that, that's always encouraging. And yes, you can see David um, coming up, you know, standing up on the inside. And um, starting to get his foothold, his, his, you know, his feet strong and sound on the, on the floor, on the ground underneath him. Um, you want to read something? Go ahead, sweetheart. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7. We'll read down to verse 12. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence and the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Amen. Glory to God. Do you have something, little Charles? Um, not right now. Okay. Um, there's a scripture that I'm looking for in that talks about when we suffer for Christ's sake. Oh, I know what you're talking about. All right, find it for me, darling. Oh. Um, it's suffering for the sake of the gospel, correct? Um. I believe so. Matthew talks about leaving children, wives, and mothers. Yes, that's it. That's 19, 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 19. Mm -hmm. Verse 28 through 30. 28 and 29. Okay, okay. actually, that's not quite the one that I'm looking for. Um, let's see. Paul said it. Mhm. Mm okay. Let's look at First Peter chapter four. You can look at verse 12, read verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 12. And I was thinking, I do apologize, sweetheart. Please pardon me, everyone, as I'm looking for these scriptures. Um, verse 12 through 16. Oh, Charles, will you read that, please? 
Yes. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fire trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, that you also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached with the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On, on their part he is blaspheming, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Amen. Amen. Is that it? I think it was a different one, I thought. There, there are a couple of different ones. Um, but here's what I want to point out, and that, that David is... Um, looking at in this situation we talked about um especially like looking at job when the enemy was coming to accuse him god was god had already a vision in his mind of what for job blessing job mm -hmm. while the door may have been opened in some capacity that entrance had to be allowed the hedge of protection was breached in some capacity and the enemy was like, well, hey, that's not fair. You're keeping me out from something I should be able to have access to. And he said, mm, but you can't do this. You can't do that. Or you can't do this to him. Right? Yes. The whole time, God had the already in his mind that he was going to give Job double. Okay? Yes. Worry, fear are still not okay. Fear gives place to the enemy. Okay? So even in the small things, Job being afraid gave the enemy claim. Because God tells us what? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Right? Yes. Don't doubt, believe only. Fear not. Um, even we read in 1 John, in yesterday's chapter, um, we reference 1 John where it talks about love being made perfect. He who fears has not been made perfect in love yet. Right? So... Yes. Fear is not from God, it's from the enemy, and we're not talking about reverence to the Lord. So anyway, even though the enemy was coming to destroy, God already had it in his mind to bless Job. So likewise with David, he already had it in his mind to bless him. So we know that the enemy was coming to test and to tempt, right? Tempt David to get in his flesh again, get angry, behave un in an, a way that's unbecoming to, the, to a king, but... Also, the more important thing is unbecoming to a man of God, right? Yes. The temptation, all oh, this man just flew out of nowhere. I mean, he already heard the stuff from Ziba saying, well, he said that this is what Mephibosheth said, right? Whether he actually said it or not, that was an opportunity for David to get upset about it, right? Yes. And start brewing that kettle of, ooh, I'm going to blow my top, that anger, right? Yes. Then... Um, Shimei comes out and starts yelling and throwing rocks and kicking up dust and cursing David. He could have been like, I'm the king. Don't you know who I am? He could have followed the trail of Abishai, who was thinking in a natural way versus being in line and in tune with the Holy Spirit was doing, right? Yes. And David, he dodged the first one. He, he dodged the second when the man came out himself, and then he dodged again when Abishai 
said, well, let's go over and take his head off and we can just quiet this whole thing down real quick. Right? Every one of these was an opportunity for David to get in his flesh again. To get in his flesh and sin, right? Yes. So then the enemy could have a reason to stop God from restoring David. Do you understand that? Can you see that picture? God had a destiny track for David, right? He had already told him and met him through the prophet Nathan and said, I'm going to do this for your household. You're not going to lack or fail to have a, a man on the throne. I'm going to bless you, you know, minister to him about the, the Messiah. And then the opportunity comes for David to either fall to sin or rise over it. Right? Yes. Because again, behind it, there is a spiritual world that's going on. And the natural, you can't see every facet of it. It's only as the Holy Spirit makes that revelation to you. But your natural eyes are suited for the natural world. Your physical body is suited for this earth. Right? That's why the yes. enemy can't just come and do stuff in the earth. He has to have a human to give him permission. Because he is not suited for this world. He does not have authority like that. He doesn't have the the flesh that gives him the, the right to do things. Okay? Yes. yes. So, here this destiny track. The spirit, God is out here in the spiritual realm. So is the enemy. God is always working to bring it to pass because he's already established it. He's already settled it. But the enemy is trying to stop it from coming to pass. And how can he stop it? By getting the believer to sin, getting them the person to sin, whether they're a believer or not, but getting them to sin and enter into sinful actions gives him opportunity to come into their life and break it down, destroy it, do whatever he wants. Right? Yes. So here's David. That thing with Bathsheba came up and he failed. Right? Yes. And we're not finding fault with David. It's just the fact that this is what happened. That was a failure for him as a believer and as a man, a person. Right? And then after that, he, another opportunity arises. She tells him she's pregnant. What is he going to do now? Now there's an opportunity. Is he going to come to the Lord and get it right with him or continue to follow that, that path that the enemy laid out? Well, he followed the path. He killed Uriah after you know several attempts to cover it up and to cover his trail. Didn't work, so he just had to flat out kill him. And then he took the woman to his household to be his wife when he had the option to go, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm sorry. That was, and you see those, those instances where he failed, where he failed to temptation and sin. God didn't tempt him with that. The enemy did. Yes. God doesn't have people to come and he doesn't have any sin. God is not a sinner. He has no sin. So he's not going to tempt you with sin. And he's not tempted himself with sin. We've covered that many times in James. So who's offering these temptations? Clearly it was the enemy. Okay. David took the enemy's temptations and now it's brought him to a place of now this is what's going to happen. Right. The Lord said, this is what's yes. going to happen. Here's all the details about it. How open it's going to be, et cetera, et cetera. What's going to happen? This trouble that now you've opened the door to. But now... Here are these other temptations. Is he going to keep being derailed by walking in his flesh and following after that behavior? Or is he going to hold it together and hold that line of self-control, right? So that he can, he can actually be restored. 
God already said, I put your sin away from you. Here's the other side of that. You have to make it through these temptations. You have to make it through these tests and trials to get there. We've already seen that, yes, you may be, you're um, hard-pressed on every side, cast down but not destroyed, you know, we're not forsaken. All of that stuff is there to let you know God's going to bring you out to the other side of it, but you have to make it through. You have to make the right choices in that process. And we see David doing that here. Going, nope, let him go. I'm going to bless that man even though he's cursing me. But he's also going, God, my God heard that. <laughs> you heard it, Lord. And maybe, yes. and, and what was that verse that you brought up, Kyla, Isla? Um, verse in Second Samuel? Um, 16, verse 12. It may be that the Lord will look at all my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. Right? Yes. Okay, so David, he's on track. He's on track. He's holding it together. Okay? Yes. So when you look at your own life and you see God is going, hey, I have all this for you. The biggest price is Jesus himself. He is our reward. He's our exceedingly great reward. He is our all in all. And because he's so good, he offers these other things along with it. Right? Along with himself, he offers us so many other things. Along with eternity, he offers us a life here today that's good. And you find yourself going and you see choices. Moses... Um, the Lord through Moses, Moses in Deuteronomy and various places made it as simple as this. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursings. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. He made it as simple as that. It's a, it's a matter of life and death, blessing and cursing. There's no other options. So when you're looking at it, what's this here? Is it actually a blessing? Or is it something that will produce death? Choose Christ. And if you can't see it clearly because you have your own little flesh roaring on the inside or your, your soulish man is going, ooh, I sure do want that though, Lord. Ooh-wee. I sure want it. <laughs> go, Holy Spirit, step back, throw your hands up and go, Holy Spirit, help me to see the truth. And then when he shows you, help me decide. Help me to make that choice for the, the truth and then keep making that choice. Okay? He knows. He knows. He's the one that gave us our five senses. God gave us a soul. He knows that we are but flesh. He knows. He knows. He knows. Jesus was tempted in all points like we are, but was yet without sin. So he doesn't expect you to do it on your own. He doesn't want you to try. He wants you to call on him so he can help you out. And he wants you to continue to learn and wash that soul of yours, wash that mind and renew it by washing it with the water of the word. So that way you can start to think like he does. And not that you're ever going to make choices without him, but you won't feel pinned against the wall and in desperation and at the, the brink of falling every time because now you've gained maturity. Now you've grown up in the things of God. Now you've conformed yourself to the image of Christ. And it's easier for you to recognize, oh, pss, Satan, I saw that 10 miles down the corner. Actually, the Holy Spirit just told me about it <laughs> two weeks ago. So, no, I'm good. I'm going to pass on that. Right? So you, you've already been 
equipped long before the thing arises and it's no longer a spur of the moment. Now you're in the throes of battle and ill-prepared and a struggle to make the right choices. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. All right. Anybody else have anything they want to say? Promise, Alan, I haven't heard from you today. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you'll have something on this next part. I'm going to read verse 15 to the end of the chapter. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with them. And so it was when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! So Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve the presence of his son? I'm sorry, should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in your father's presence, so will I be in your presence. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give advice as to what we should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the top of the house, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had acquired at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. All right, Kyla, I see that look on your face. Uh, that's just kind of gross. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of gross. It's really gross. And it's a very Reuben move. Mm -hmm. But I don't get why... He gave advice for Absalom to go into his father's concubines and how that'll strengthen Israel against David. Um, so when a king took over from another king, like David to Saul, his wives were now, they were a treasure, like they could have been like a pot of gold, if you will. Yes. Rubies are in the, the treasury. They were a part of the wealth transfer. Um, the difference is, like you pointed out, these are his stepmoms, basically. Like you yes. could just account it to that. Just like Reuben, when he went into his father's concubine, was like his stepmom. Yes. His brother's mom. So that's kind of nasty. That's, that's really way nasty. nasty. I'm sorry. Um. And, you know, the Lord is very clear about that, um, oh. that, you know, a father-in-law is not to have intimacy with his daughter-in-law and a son with his father's wife. And he's very clear about that. He's very clear about it. Oh, yes. um, because it's ungodly for one point. This is your relative and a brother, you know, like just the, the various capacities He's not okay with, um, like brothers and sisters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
So yes, he was trying to make it as seem as though he had the wealth transfer, like he's established, oh. if you will. And also it's disrespectful. You know, furthermore, it was, I'm, I'm strong enough, I, I got his women, even though they were his stepmoms. And I say moms, not like a, it's a slang word, but they were just multiple women that were there for David's usage, and some of them had born children to him, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So, his, literally his brother's mothers that he went into. Okay, what else she got? Are you talking to Kyle? Anyone. Anyone. Yes, promise. To me, it kind of seemed like this is the Amnon scene all over again, but worse. The Amnon scene all over again? Yes, like Jonadab and uh, Ahithophel. How they were both giving poor advice to see oh. the destruction and watch them fall. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see. Yeah, I was giving some bad advice, but you see down in the end of verse 23, they both treated Ahithophel like he was speaking for the Lord himself. Like he had heard um, the phrase inquired at the oracle of God means he heard from the Lord. They had the Urim and, Urim and the Thummim that they would use to see, God, are we doing this? Are we not? What are you saying? Um, in addition to the word of a prophet. So they were treating this man like it was what we would say, like it's gospel, you know. Yes. Um, making air quotes with that, but that. The statement kind of raised questions in my mind. Like if Ahithophel was giving advice to Absalom and he wasn't loyal to David, why did David have him, have him on the council? He obviously wasn't a wise man. Okay. Um, there would probably be a question of when did this man come in? Because he's a murderous man. He's has no integrity or... or um, Scruples? Yeah, but his, yes, his, his morality meter isn't right. He wasn't there for Absalom's best interest because aside from you getting a hold of this kingdom... He's going to boot him is, out like Abner. Well, maybe, but aside from getting the natural thing, this, this kingdom is but a vapor. You can't take it anywhere with you. You have to stand before the Lord. And is this wise counsel for this man in light of his soul salvation and him being right with God? Because we know God lifts up and he brings down. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it wasn't looking at truly his best interests because this kingdom, like, just like they just uprooted David. Somebody could overthrow Absalom. It's a fight. I mean, he's got a ton of brothers. And at least one older one. And, and his mom was wise. I'm sure she wisely took her son all the way. <laughs> yes. She probably instructed her son to be like she was. Speaking as a mom, I mean, you know, I wouldn't want my children. I don't want you all to be foolish. Not that your dad is foolish, but I would do everything in my power to make sure you walk the right yes. track. Yes, your wisdom to your children. Absolutely. And then you see these, because we don't hear anything about Chileab. Chileab? Uh, yeah. Son? yeah. No. We don't yeah. we don't hear anything about You've his, never heard him except for he was born to David. His or name Abigail again. Yeah, their, their their name was called on the roster, but they've been quiet ever since. She might have went back to her land, I don't know, or that she owned. I don't know. 
I'm sure she was still around the kingdom, but, you know, she, they were quiet. Yes. So, as a mom, I could imagine her wanting her son to avoid all that because the higher thing and the more important thing is to make it into the kingdom, not to be grasping, fighting over something Straws. that is today and tomorrow. You know, the Bible talks about wealth and money, that if your eyes rush to it, it'll take up wings <laughs> and fly away. Yes. You're trying to grasp it. And we saw um, the man, the rich man, who oh, said, I'm going to I'm oh. gonna build my barns, and I'm going to tear these down, and um, you know, he's going to, because he, you know, was so confident in his wealth, and the Lord's response was today. You die. You didn't know your life was going to be required of you this day. And you've done nothing to prepare for the, the real life that matters, which is the eternal one. So God wants us to have good things in this life. Make no mistake about that. And he's always blessing us, and he will continue to do so as long as we walk with him. And even when we don't, he's still good to us. Yes. But the higher price, the more important thing is our life after this natural one ends. When the Lord comes back and blows his trumpet, I want to be meeting him in there, doing whatever it is that he wants me to do, but I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be without him. So the more important thing is the spiritual life behind it, right, afterwards. But do right in this one to take care of the next one. So what else, Layla, or promise? And kind of like how Absalom was, well, wasn't smart enough to go. Well, isn't that what I just killed Absalom? Ammon, sorry. Amnon. Amnon. Yep. He didn't think, like, hey, maybe this isn't right. Well, the whole thing wasn't right, so. But you can see, for Absalom, he walked right into the temptation of the enemy. Because while, yes, God said this is what the enemy is going to do to David, Absalom didn't have to cooperate with that. He had a choice. He could have been like, wait, if I do these things, what's going to be my outcome? <laughs> if it's not working out for dad, who did them, why do I think it's going to work out for me? I used to have a bad case of that when I was younger. I, when I did not live with, with the Lord... I would look at someone else's sin and go, hmm. I don't like the outcome that they got. But the actions, eh, I can kind of get down with that. You know, I'm all right with it. I did. I'm just telling the truth. And I thought I was going to be so smart and so cunning, right, that I was going to do the same action but get a different outcome. And can I tell y'all, it did not work. <laughs> I did not get a different outcome. And there's no, you cannot outsmart sin. You can't do it, but then now I control the outcome of what's going to happen. No, no, no. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Because if it did, everybody choose to have no repercussions, no consequences. Oh. Right? Yes. But 
God's like, Kamisha, <laughs> lovingly so, you know, like that's, that's not it. That's not wisdom. That's why God told us to talk about him and teach his ways to our children so they can build upon the wisdom, right? Build upon what God has already done and go further. Not everybody keeps falling to the same holes over and over again and circling the mountain, reinventing the wheel every single generation. You're going through exactly the same troubles. That makes no sense. Then how do we come to the fullness of the stature of the measure of the man who is Christ? If we're going back, every generation goes back to baby things. And that's where you, you know, when you reach maturity, you're just starting on the baby things. That makes no sense. So that's why God's like, hey, you live in a way that reflects Christ. And then when your children are raised, raise them to know him early on. So that way, when you guys reach the natural age of maturity and you begin to mature, you're already equipped with the things that it took me 20, 30 years to figure out. Yes. And then now you're able to grow in your relationship with God and you're expected to continue to grow. I don't know all there is. God does. I know the one who does know. I have an anointing from the Holy One and he teaches me all things just like we all do. But I haven't arrived. There's more. God wants to take you higher than where I'm able to go. So stand on that wisdom and don't be like, well, I'm going to do the same sin, but I'm going to get away with it. We know that he says, be sure your sin will find you out. Whoever you are, wherever you are, no matter what your age is. That's Numbers 32, 23. Okay, you can go ahead and read that for me, darling. Um, it says, wait, you said number 32, verse 3? 23. Everything. Oh, okay. I'm there. Like, huh? You're there? Go ahead, yes. promise. But if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Absolutely. So, I can tell you my sin found me. God was merciful. He is merciful and didn't allow me to die in the things that I was doing. But it's not something to take lightly. I don't need to sin to know it's bad. God went through such, such great lengths to leave this trail behind, <laughs> to leave details for us so that we, we are able to walk before him and not stumble. So I appreciate our brothers and sisters that have gone before us and learn lessons so that way we can just learn by observation and ministry of the Holy Spirit versus actually having going through them directly in that capacity. All right, let's go ahead and end there today. Um, I so miss your dad. <laughs> he does such a great job at this. But, you know, he's well, all is well with him. He's just taking care of some things. So let's go ahead and close out in prayer and... Who's going to do that for me? All right. I will. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for giving others to go before us, Lord, so that way we can continue in your way, Lord, and not have to make the same mistakes, Lord. And I just thank you for our parents who continue to teach us and bring, you, bring us up in your ways, Lord, to spur us on to your glory, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for everybody who listens to these podcasts, Lord, and continues to grow, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we love you, and we got, we're keeping you all in prayer. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.